0: Welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. He is the life changer. He is the life giver. He is indeed the Savior of our souls. Father you said that if we would receive the engrafted word, that it indeed would have the power to save our souls. Jesus, you said if we would but have ears to hear what you're trying to communicate, that you would take us from one level of life to a much higher level of life. And so I give you thanks, Father, for today. I give you thanks that every single moment you are full of impartation, You are ready to change your heart, to move them higher, to do something bigger. And every single one of us, your plan is always bigger than our plan. You've always got more, 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 much, much more in store for us than we could ever imagine. You say things in your word like, I'm going to do a work in your day. Had I told you, you would not be able to believe it. You're always trying to expand us. And I just give you thanks, Father, that that spirit is happening right now over each and every one of us. That that truth is coming to pass. It's no longer prophecy. It's actually coming to pass right now in this season. Right now in this season. It is occurring. It is happening. Oh, and I give you praise for it, Father. You said as many, in Luke 18, you said as many as would receive the kingdom as a child, as many as would receive the kingdom as a child would enter into it. You said we have to receive before we can enter. And you said we need to receive as a little child. And I thank you, Father. We think on what that means to be just so trusting. So simplistic about it. and Just say, I receive it. Hallelujah. So I do thank you, Father, that you help us this morning as we look into this incredible truth of yours. I trust you to do what your spirit always does. But again, I just thank you that we will have ears to hear in Jesus name. Amen. What Bobby said was really incredible at one point. It's exactly, in fact, I said it yesterday at the men's meeting. There has been, like I said, it's in motion now. It's not a prophecy any longer. There has been a God-given, supernatural outpouring of a new grace. We're trying to find words and language to communicate this. But there's a fresh grace. I said there's a fresh grace that's in the atmosphere right now that God, I hope you actually hear me. I'm not just talking. (laughs) Like a little boy said to his minister father one day, he said, Daddy, were you telling the truth or were you just preaching? (laughs) There is a fresh grace that's been released from heaven. But we still, just like that verse I quoted, we have to put our hands up into it, our hearts up into it, and receive it, and be aware of it. And, um, and Bobby, when she mentioned that, again, just so thrilled me, because it is true, remember, God's no respecter of persons. And with, I know Bobby's heart, and we all love her, but it is true. The reason God's blessing her is because, you know, that name is not just something out of her head. Bobby is living in the light. And because of that, things are being seen that wouldn't have been seen otherwise. But the thing is, that's for every one of us. And and, and this this is the stronghold that has to be broken. The moment that negativity, the moment that doubt comes. I mean, you have to recognize it so fast. And you have to kill it. You have to, like they say, you have to learn to doubt your doubts. The things that trouble you, you need to begin to trouble those things that trouble you. Because you're the one that has the authority, because of, not because of how good you are, but because of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you bear. The Bible says you bear that name if you're born again. You bear that name. And just one other thing Bobby said, it was quickening to me this morning too when I was praying, is that thing I said in January, I'm telling you, I've been doing it, I've only done it a few times, I have to admit, but I'm telling you, you really need to give yourself to these three-day fasts. Don't forget that. There's so much power released, it affects, it all affects areas of your life that you, you just, you can't figure it out. It's just obedience. Just be before God and do it. Okay? Okay? Hear me, Annie? Okay, good. Um, turn to John 3 again. Like I said, I've been teaching this series now. This is probably the fifth one I've done on it about um, being earthbound. And I'm going to try to tie some things up today because Julie and I go on our holiday tomorrow morning. Remember, next the next two weeks, glory to God, you've got Ann Bellingham with us. Yeah. And that's going to be a real blessing for you guys. I love it. I, I miss it when I'm not here to hear her because of the way she Rips it up. Come on, guys. She always says, guys, come on, guys. And I can't do the South African accent, well enough, but, you know, she roars cheers you up, man. She's a preacher. I love it. Yeah. God's word. Hallelujah, man. Um, <clears throat> but something again, see everything. Uh, I'm referring to what Bobby said, but what Julie said in the offering and this and it is what I, And I've got to say this again before I read the scripture. Um. Oh, you know what? Before you go back to John 3, go to Ephesians 2 just real quick. Let me just uh, read this again. I think I read this last week too, but I want you to, like I said, I, I keep hesitating fumbling because again, I I am so longing, I'm searching, I'm so in prayer. Now, Father, help me. <clears throat> help me. God, let me lean into your spirit and to that anointing where people actually hear what I'm trying to say right now, what you've given me to communicate about. And like I said, we are a house of abundance. I mean, you're, you actually have to meditate on this. I mean, you've got to, brother, sister, you've got to think on this and think on this and think on this. Not so that you mechanically figure it out, but again, like children, you begin to dare to believe. you know it says in two places it says in, it says right here in um, well, it says in Ephesians two nineteen, it says, "And you belong to God's own household." And like I said, when I first saw that a couple of months ago, God just said to me he said, "You live in my house, and I, I've been saying that every day now over and I, I live in God's house, and you know what? My father has no lack of resources. He has no lack of wisdom. He has no lack of peace. I don't care what it is that mankind may need. I live in my dad's house. I have received the spirit of adoption. It's gone from God to Father. It really has gone from knowing him as God <coughs> to his being dad. I live in his house. You live in his house. And This daddy is an incredibly good daddy. You live in his house. Even now, like I said, I say those words and I know some people are just going, yeah, (laughs) like I did for years. In Hebrews, it says that you live in his house. I mean, what does that, he is a God of abundance. That's why we are, this church is a house of abundance. I'm telling you, it's a house of abundance. I mean, I've been so grateful late like we said about people who've been praying for jobs. We've had so many people get new jobs, better jobs. I mean, Angela's testimony, and I forget who else was testifying last week or the week before. I mean, you know, job after job, people are getting better jobs over and over again. We're seeing the promotion happen. It is at work. It's not theory. It's not hyperbole anymore. It's actually taking place. If you have faith to receive it, there's an anointing here for you to grow in abundance. There's an anointing now for you to have better, full stop, better jobs, better resources, better. Rela- it's just better. There's an anointing because of this grace. It's not because anybody in this house is super special. It's because God, we're, it's actually happening. Like I said, we've been making space for him. The, the worship this morning, my gosh. I mean, it really we, it really was beautiful. I mean, beautiful. It just flowed so wonderfully. Anyhow, like I said, I need, I need the boogie. In, excuse me, Ephesians 3, verse 8, Paul is speaking, of course, and he said, I'll wait till you get it up there. Go on, Ephesians 3, 8. It's, Paul says, To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, this favor, this privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to him to proclaim. But I just, I wanted to start again by looking at these words. This is why, again, I love the Amplified Bible. But this is why this Frances Rittenauer, the woman who was this world-renowned linguist, she and this team who put together this Amplified Bible, they went, you know, incredible, the experts in Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, <clears throat> and they looked at these words of what's really being said. But Paul said that this grace had been entrusted to him to proclaim to people The unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, exhaustless riches of Christ. Wealth which no human being could have searched out. Now, I, I wish you would take just that verse and what it's trying to say and meditate on it for about five years. The thing is, every writer in the epistles and the Lord God Himself over and over and over again is trying to communicate how big He is. That He's bigger than you think, He's bigger than your thoughts about yourself. I said He's bigger. He's got more, but see, he's got, he's got so much he wants to do for every single one of us. And again, I forgive me for referring to Bob's again, but that testimony, the very end, like she said, you know, she always snivels and makes us snivel, but that's okay, we love her. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, but I mean, at the end, like she said, I'm just trying to say that God is good. You see, this is why the greatest revelation on the planet is still the fact that God is love. And everything, the foundation of everything is knowing that you're loved now unconditionally. That you, because of something called faith, this is the basics of the gospel, because of something called faith. Faith is a choice to believe. It's a decision. It's made because something sparks your inner man. It doesn't, it doesn't, Christianity is not something you become involved in because you understand it clearly. We're talking about Almighty God. You can't understand fully the eternal God. But something like John Wesley said warms your heart. Something prompts your heart. And you said, you know, and something, in, on, we always put it this way, something on the inside says I, this stuff is real. And uh, I like what a preacher said many years ago. We always, He said, quit calling the Holy Ghost something. Something told me. <laughs> You know, it's the Spirit of God that prompts, that pricks your heart, that suddenly it comes alive to you that this is real. And so it's by, it's by faith that we receive any and all of this goodness. It is by grace. I mean, all the basic truths of our Christianity, it is by grace that we're saved. It's not by works. But my God, when are we actually going to catch even the depth of that one? You don't get what God has for you. Because you live so perfectly. You don't. Get the blessings of God. Because of all of your achievements. You don't get the blessing of God. Because you have figured out a, an equation. It is a gift. Romans 5 says. As many as have received the abundance of grace. And the free gift of righteousness. Righteousness shall reign in this life by one Christ Jesus. Now see, we're not talking about whether you're reigning right now yet. You you see, we got to get you past thinking about what's going on in your life right now or what the conditions may be right now. You've got to get past what you think you are right now. You, the whole picture of Christianity is God trying to get you to look into the book. Remember in Corinthians it says the word of God is a mirror. The word what's a mirror do? It reflects who's in front of it. You look in the mirror and it says that you continually behold in the word of God as in a mirror the face of Jesus Christ. And it says that you are continually transformed. Transformed from one degree of glory into another degree of glory, even to the very image and fullness and stature of Christ. That actually happens. But again, hell and wrong teaching and just separation from God and church gets us to a place where, again, we have more faith in the world around us than the kingdom above us. And his whole thing. Jesus Christ. And that's why we go back now to John 3. If you would. Like the whole premise of what. You know like I said. What I've been teaching. The whole premise of what Jesus came to do. Is to lift us higher. Is to get us to see from another perspective. So John the Baptist again. John 3 verse 31. That they amplified. John says, he who comes from above, he's telling people, trying to tell these people about who's about to come and baptize. He who comes from above heaven is far above, far, everybody say far. He's far above all others. And then he said this, and this is what caught me that day a couple of months ago. He who comes from the earth belongs to the earth and talks the language of earth. His words are from an earthly standpoint. And like I said, I'm repeating this every time I'm preaching because I want this to go down into you. It's what old-fashioned preachers used to do. You know, have a text, and you bring up the text every single Sunday. But the Lord stopped me right there, and he said, did you hear that? You have a choice. You can talk the language of the earth if you want to. But I just just instantly, you know, I heard this thing. But if you talk the language of the earth, you're going to be earthbound. He said, if you want to be connected to heaven... You need to choose another language. And again, and like I said in the very beginning, I'm going to quote this statement as well. You and I have no choice as to whether or not we live by words. Because that's how earth functions. That's how the kingdom of God functions. That's how the world functions. You're known by your word. People who really know you, they know if your word is any good. And when people hear your name, if you've ever broken trust or betrayed or done anything, first thing people will think, they'll think about a betrayal. If that's, if his words, people know us by our words. Are our, our words good words? But again, what I said in the beginning that first Sunday is this. It said, you have no choices of whether or not you live by words, but you do have a choice of what words you will live by. Please hear that. That's, that's actually pretty heavy. You have a choice. Now, he goes on to say, he who comes from heaven, John says never, he who comes from heaven is far above all others, far superior to all others in prominence and in excellence. Verse 32, it is to what he, Jesus, has actually seen and heard that he bears testimony, and yet no one accepts his testimony, no one receives his evidence as true. In other words, so he's saying this, that Jesus is speaking from another level, right? You still with me? I know I'm going over the same ground to but Jesus speaks from here. Earlier on in John 3, remember it was where Nicodemus, when Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, what? How, well, how can you be born a twice? Do you, can, you, can you enter your mother's womb and be born a second time? He said, no, no, no. Jesus said, what's born of flesh, flesh, what's born of spirit, spirit. But he said, "If I, this is the thing. He said, if I speak to you of earthly things... And you don't understand, how are you going to understand if I speak to you about heavenly things? What I'm trying to get you to understand is Jesus speaks from here. See, the problem is we hear from here. And we've got to start hearing from where we're seated, which is at the right hand of God. And it's our choice. See, nobody has to obey anything in scripture. Nobody has to. But God is not a harsh taskmaster. But what he has done is release instruction. And he's made it clear, Old Testament, New Testament, that his plan for every single person who follows him to be successful, to succeed in life, to be free. It even says in Scripture, there's a verse, there shall be no poor among you. Now, don't get mad with me, that's what it says. There shall be no poor among you. That's not condemnation to anybody who's poor. It's just you've got, to, you've got to receive the truth. It is not God's will for any of us to be poor. And we also need to understand Hosea 4.6, but my people, my people are still destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. So if there's destruction and poverty, it's because there's either a lack of knowledge or it's because of a rejection of knowledge. In other words, you've chosen to go another way. You've chosen to go another way. But what we're trying to say throughout all these teachings is that God has made a way. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said, I am the way. Right? I mean, he is. So he goes on in verse 33. And this is what it was hit me so strong. I, I, We were sharing with somebody at the mandate yesterday. Verse 33 again. Really look at this verse. You've got it up there on the screen. Whoever receives his testimony. In other words, do you receive the truth about Jesus? Do we, anybody here actually believe this book? You know, and of course, real proof of belief is, is we act upon it. But go to the basics. You hear me say over and over again, I'm a great believer in the lowest common denominator. Let's go to the lowest level of truth. Do we believe this is the word of God? Really, it's your choice. I can't make it. Do we actually believe Have we actually made the decision to believe that Jesus Christ some 2000 years ago, he was the son of God and that he came to earth to redeem mankind back into a place of total reconciliation to the father? Now, I mean, do we believe that again? It's your choice. Then do we believe when Jesus speaks? Do you believe he's talking the truth? (laughs) Do we think God's word is true and see? This is what it says here. Whoever receives his testimony, listen to this statement. He has set his seal of approval to this, that God is true. And like I did yesterday, let me tell you. See, this book, something happened to Rod Anderson many years ago. And all of a sudden, the light, the day star arose in my heart. I saw suddenly something happened in my spirit. A transaction was made between heaven and earth, where I was translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. I watched him make me a new creature. I watched heroin addiction and violence pass from me. I watched what grace had begin to flow in me. And all those things began to happen until I got to the place where suddenly the decision came, I, I took my seal, you know, like the old guys that had this, piece, I took this seal and I went, God is true. I've made my decision. And see, I, you at some point, that's what he's saying here. Have you actually, first of all, made that decision? As for me, God is true. I said, God is true. The word of God is true. And then he goes on to say that man, this is the amplified, that man who's done that, it says, has definitely certified, acknowledged, and declared once and for all, and is himself assured that it is divine truth that God cannot lie. Right? Right? Have you done that? Okay, now, if that's the truth, see, this is just basic, like, stuff. I know, but it's what I mean. God said, it's it's tore me up in the last several months about how real it is. So we're talking about, you know, the words, the language of heaven. We have, I have to watch. We have the option now to speak the language of heaven. Right? Well, let me read the last verse here. Verse 34. For since he whom... God has sent, speaks the words of God. And this is what I said before. Do you and I, can we speak the words of God? Yeah. Why? Well, because they're written in the book for us. <laughs> the message is in the book. We can do it. In fact, we're told, like, we're, what, we're told in Joshua 1.8. That's still in the Bible. Joshua eight is still in the Bible. Where he said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Mouth. All of you got a mouth. Some of you got a bigger mouth than others. Hallelujah. But we all got a mouth. But this book of the law is supposed to be in your mouth. I mean, like I said, something's been. I'm so, I just am thrilled with what's happened to me. And I mean, I'm just all, I all day long and I'm not bragging. It's like, I'm like a little child. I'm excited about it. His, I'm just talking scripture all day long to the point that I think I'm irritating Julie. I'm just, you know, meh. It's just because I just, he's filled my, he's filled me up with something. He's filled, hes done something good. It's cool. And I'm just constantly, you're good. I live in your house. Hallelujah. I'm driving down. I live in your house. Praise God. Praise is the gate. I get to go through any gate I want to just by praising you. I'm leaving poverty. I thank you that I've entered into prosperity. I thank you that Jesus, what you said in Mark 11 is true. I have spoken to that mountain of debt. It's dissolving right now. Right now, right now, right now. And I'm celebrating in the fact that you are altogether lovely, that you've never lied. Hallelujah. All I got to do is keep this in my mouth. And you said, if this book the law would not depart out of my mouth, that first of all, what it would do, it would cause me to observe to do according to all that's written therein. And then you said, I would, because of that, I would deal wisely in the affairs of life and I would have good success. All I got to do is keep it in my mouth. Because it comes down to what we're going to talk about again in a minute, the heart. But so he said, for since he whom God sent speaks the words of God and you can speak the words of God because he proclaims God's message. But catch the pattern here, the second half of this verse, because Jesus did that, God did not give him his spirit sparingly or by measure, but boundless is the gift God makes of his spirit. Well, see, that's what begins to happen when, with you. If you will keep God's word in your mouth, God's message in your mouth, the measure, as it were, of the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life will begin to grow and grow and grow, and grow, and grow, and grow, and grow. And I'm telling you, it's like antenna coming out you. You begin to attract the blessings because God is not a man that he should lie. When you begin to walk like he's asked you to walk, there are spiritual antenna that begins to draw the blessings of God to you. They begin to draw the blessing of God to you. I said they begin to draw the blessings of God to you. Even Deuteronomy, I said this somebody, I think even this may be yesterday. You know, we quote that verse often in Deuteronomy 28. The first verse says, If you shall hearken diligently unto all these commandments, which I command you this day, all of these blessings shall come upon you. Are you listening? All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, saith the Lord. If you shall hearken diligently unto all these commandments, And we did a word, that was the very first scripture that they had me parse. Parse means, you know, to take apart every word. Back in the Bible school I was at, where you take it apart, you look at the Hebrew and the Aramaic, and it's amazing. The root, hearken, if you'll hearken diligently all these commandments. You know what hearken means at its lowest form? It means to declare and to declare again. You know what diligently means? Louder and louder. So what it reads is this way. If you will declare and declare again and again, louder and louder, the commandments of the Lord, all these blessings will come upon you. Now, I've got to throw this in too, because this is where there's tension. By that I mean, you know, there's always tension between truth and manifestation. God wants you to know that he is a God of abundance. And because you live in his house, there's no lack. There should be no lack there. It just, but remember it's Hebrews 4.2 as well. I'm throwing a lot of scripture at you now, but I'm trying to tie a bunch of stuff up here from four weeks of speaking. Hebrews 4.2, remember, he says there, it's up there, but it'd probably be better to see that in the King James. I don't know if you can throw it up in the King James on. But basically it says, The word preached, for unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So look at that, for unto us as well as unto them. So what you have to understand, what you have to begin to ask yourself is, which camp am I in? Am I us or am I them? (laughs) You know who them are? Them are the people that the word of God doesn't work for. It isn't that the word of God didn't work. It's that they did not mix faith in what they heard. Faith comes by hearing. You know, I heard a preacher say the other day that every time you miss going to church, you lose money. He said, every time you miss coming to church, you lose money. And I thought, What's that? what the? And he said, because every, if you don't come to church, he said, you miss the faith that would have been there in the hearing of it. Hallelujah. Oh, well. (laughs) The word preached, even what Rod Anderson is speaking to us right now, has to be mixed with something called faith. Now, then again, what do you do? You go to the basics of what faith is. (laughs) There's so many ways to go. Gosh. I'm going to, whatever, I'll just do it. Turn to Romans 10. Hallelujah. Can you put this up in the King James as well? Romans 10. Let's look at verse 1. Paul, you know, I don't know if you know this, but Romans 10 is preceded by Romans 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1. It's one letter, and it's all building up to something. And Paul says here in this first verse, he's talking about Israel, his own people, the Jewish people. He said, brethren, with all my heart, he said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Look at the next verse. For I bear them record, they have a zeal. They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. You can have all the zeal. and It's like to say you can be as sincere as the day is long, but be sincerely wrong. Look at third verse for they being ignorant. In other words, they don't have understanding of God's righteousness. Now, remember, I say this, I've said this for 10 years now, but the word righteousness, every time you see it, I want you to see the words right standing, right? Because that's what the word means, right standing, it means it's a legal term. It means to be in right standing, like a law. And said, This was in right standing, your action was. This one was not in right standing. For the Jews, being ignorant of God's way of getting righteous, God's right standing, going about to establish their own right standing, in other words, I'm going to do it my way, they've not submitted themselves to the right standing of God. Next verse, for Christ is the end of the law for right standing or rights to everyone that believeth, okay? Now because of time, I want you to jump on down verse 6. But the right standing which is of faith, in other words, What God has taught, this is, he says, he's talking here about the word. Listen, are you still here? Uh, uh, This is a matter of life and death right here. It really is. (laughs) He said, the right standing that comes from God, which is the faith, it speaks. Everybody say it speaks. Everybody say that right standing with God speaks. It's the word system. That's how you get to whatever you're trying to get to in God. Right standing with God speaks. Righteousness speaks. Thing is, we all speak, don't we? He gave us the ability to communicate. Our words direct us into our destinies. It really is true. There was a guy, I can't remember at Ed Cole's meeting, one of the first meetings I was ever at. I've shared this story with you before. All I remember is his name was Tom. He was a preacher. He backslid, and he went up to this he, in this house somewhere in America. I forget. I think it was Colorado. He said, anyhow, this house, that was like an apartment on the first floor. And he took this stairway. walked on the inside of this stairway all the way up. And he's with a couple old friends, like five, six, seven of them. They were all using drugs, getting high. And he fell out. And he said, I feel I was overdosing. He said he fell out. And boom, he was taken into an open vision before God and he was up here and God began to talk to him and God pulled this book out. I'm going to try to say it as accurate as I can, but I, this much I know he pulled a look out, a book out and he had him look, he said, here and he showed a date in Tom's life <clears throat> and he had written in the book, the words that Tom said. And God spoke to him and said, when you said this, it began this in your life. Took him to another page a year or so later, and he said, this is when you said this. That began to direct you into this area of problem. And he showed him this book with every word that he'd ever spoken. And showed him how he got to where he was. And then he said, I'm sending you back. And he said, you're going to tell my people that they need to be aware of their language. And he said he came back into his body, and he said suddenly he heard sirens, and he said police were everywhere. And he said boom, 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 they heard these noises, and cops were running up the stairways to bust, to bust all these people. And he said, while the cops are up there, he said they just like, I'm standing here, the other guys are standing. He said the cops walked right by me. And he said, I felt this nudge on my shoulder. And he said, I walked up, and I just started walking down the stairs. He said, cops were running by me saying, excuse me. (laughs) And he said, walked right down through all these cops, walked into his car, and drove away. And he said, God just saved him. But Dr. Cole, when he answered him, he said, this guy and people that know him, he said, he never opens his mouth now unless he needs to. And they talked about how he became, he was one of the most, he, he's in heaven now. He was an older guy. But he talked about how this guy was one of the most strongest, most phenomenal speakers that they'd heard. Well, I mean, I would be too if God showed me every word I've ever spoken. But think about that. Show you every word you've ever spoken and show you this is what led you here, this is what led you there. Whoop, who said that? It's a spiritual law that we live by words. However, we get to choose what the words words that we live by. Somebody doesn't know how to put sentences together. However, we get to choose the words that we live by. Rod Anderson, CCF London. (laughs) Put it back on that scripture. Uh, Watch this. But the righteousness, which is a faith, speaks. Righteousness speaks. But this is how it speaks, and this is what cracked me up the first time I ever saw this. Say not. <laughs> In other words, the first thing it tells you is what not to say. It says, This is what righteousness says. Righteousness doesn't say, and <laughs> the Amphitis says, Don't say. Don't say in your heart. Now, remember in your heart. See, if I had the time, we'd go back to Mark. i got to interrupt this whole thing because of time. Like I said, I'm trying to wrap up 27 things, and I may still teach some when I come back. Oh, hallelujah, because I so want us because I know, I know, I know we really are a house of abundance, and I know the stuff that's on the horizon, and I know, just like, again, what Bobby's shared, this is going to happen to so many people in here. I mean, again, like Angela sitting here, you know, talking, not listening to anything because she and and I are talking about what kind of burgers they want when they get out. No, but like Angela getting a job where she gets twice the salary that she had, right? Twice the salary and gets to travel the whole world now for a coming. Just, you know, that's the kind of stuff that's happening and it's available to every single one of you because God's no respecter of persons. But the thing is, you've got to, like I said in the beginning, you've got to knock that negative thought out of your head so fast, man. I, I'm telling you, you don't have to be perfect. So you've got to get it, because the devil's job is to talk to you all day long about how you disqualify. Bobby again, he said, I didn't do anything. I did just God is good. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's the song that we sing. I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Oh my God, what a truth. You'll never deserve it. See, so in other words, get over yourself. You have to get over yourself. He's trying to get us to be like children except you receive the kingdom as a child. You won't enter into this stuff. So this isn't about being intelligent this isn't about intelligence it's isn't about adding functioning putting all these formulas together working out this long equation that takes you 35 years jesus said only believe and i'm telling you i know i've struggled with it for i've struggled with it for 33 34 years and finally i mean i feel like it's only now <laughs> something's happened where i just Suddenly, I, I, I believe, and like the stress is gone. It's funny. Scripture is funny. The Bible says the servant of the Lord must not strive, and so the Lord says to stop striving. It cracked me up. He reminded me again. I read something. When I was reading the Old Testament um, just but just two weeks ago, uh, he showed me the place where it says why the priest wore linen. It says because the priest must not sweat. <laughs> And me and my humor, I thought I would say, yeah, don't sweat it, man. Don't sweat the small stuff. Don't freak out over the small stuff. You get into this word. You get into this word. You keep the truth. You keep the promises before your eyes. Listen, it's before your eyes. It's before, Whatever is constantly before your eyes is what you will move toward. Whatever constantly in front of your eyes is what you'll move toward. Move toward life. Why move towards death? Well, let me hurry up. They shall have linen turbans on their heads and breeches upon their loins. They shall not gird themselves with anything, and cause them to sweat. Boy, you're quick, man! I tell you, take that scripture off. Get back to whoever's doing that. Oh, that's Dominic. Dom's up. Dom's knocking it out there. He's trying to see how fast he can throw scripture there. Go back to Romans. Go back to Romans ten. Hurry up, Don. One, two, three. Oh, the wrong translation, I'll tell you, man. You may not go to heaven. <laughs> Romans 10. I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the King James. <gasps> King James, King James, King James. <gasps> oh, we're way behind, man. Where are we at? Don't you remember where we're we at? Uh, Father, forgiving. Verse six, (laughs) but don't miss because of humor. The spirit of God wrote this through Paul, the right standing of God, which is by faith speaks on this wise. Don't say in your heart. Now listen, your heart speaks. You see, it's what your heart speaks. I said it's what your heart speaks. That's where the power is, not what your head says. I said it's what your heart speaks. This is why I said it's actually a bit of a revelation when you really see the words, the power of words. You know, like the tongue is a small member, but it's like the rudder on a ship. It's like a bridle in a horse's mouth. It determines where you go. I mean, it's just in the book. It determines your tongue determines where you go. But you really got to catch it that there's there's a difference between casual conversation and words that come from the heart. See, it's okay, like I said the last time, like I'll joke with the manual and stuff, or I'll joke with Jason or joke with somebody, talk. That's casual conversation. But Rod knows when he speaks from his heart. And you have to differentiate that because that's where the faith is. You cannot, when you talk about the basic subject of faith, you always have to talk about the mouth and the heart. Did you hear me? You cannot, I'm going to say it a thousand times, you cannot separate in God's truth how God works. You cannot separate the fact that what faith faith has to do with the heart and the mouth, the heart and the mouth. So again, don't say in your heart. It's what your heart says. This is why you've got to get failure out of there. Remember last week, the week before, Manuel actually reminded me yesterday, I talked about what do you answer to? See, don't let words, just, don't let like, hey, failure, you're never going to count, you're always going to be bound in this sin. Don't, you don't answer to that. And Remember, it's about living voices. We went to that in Ephesians. And remember, it's John 15, 3. Now are you clean through the word which I've spoken to you. The way we get cleaned up is being in this word. This is God's living voice. This is God's living voice. There are, if there's living voices, there's death voices. If there's living voices, there's deadly voices. You choose. You choose which voices you hear. You choose which voices you hear. Thorns, soil. Mark 4, the sower sows the seed. The, word is, the seed is the word of God. Jesus Christ said, this book is a bag of seed. It's not a book of rules. It's a bag of seed. Seed, God made seed to always produce after its own kind. When you, pre- when you plant corn, you don't get wheat. You know, I mean, that's the way God made things. Let me tell you, every single time, it's a super." Remember natural law? God works through supernatural laws. There's laws that are in the natural, like, remember gravity? We think that's absolute. It's a natural law of physics. But the way I always put it, how much more absolute must supernatural laws be? There's natural laws and there's supernatural, like the law of the spirit of life that sets you free from the law of the spirit of death. Romans, there's a law. When you engaged the truth, the message, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, when you engaged that, and when something went, and you believed, bam, just like that. You let the clutch out. You engaged, you engaged that supernatural law, and boom, you were transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His dear love because you engaged the spiritual law. This is why there's spiritual law is so powerful that we finally got to get it. If it's in your heart, it's got life. That's why, again, Proverbs 4, I'm trying to spout out 5,000 scriptures in one message. Guard your heart above all that you guard. Above all. What's all mean? It probably means a whole bunch. Guard, 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 guard your heart above all that you guard because out of it, proceed something the issue of life life what's in your heart produces again soil 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 R- bad soil rocky soil so- soil seed by the wayside the issue's never the power of the seed we've been born again first peter says by the incorruptible seed of god the word incorruptible there means no waste no reversal no backwards It's incorruptible. It actually means always. God's word, always. God's word is seed. God's seed always produces what it has within it. We all know that seed, I don't care how basic it is. I'm just going to get it out of my... (laughs) If you hold a seed in your hand, it's, it's still a mystery. It's a mystery to science. All these scientists, all this genetic seed stuff that they're doing, all, the, all that, is that, what's the name? It's genetic seed? Modified. Genetically modified, yeah. It's so funny to see, because real seed, this is why so many people are starving in third world nations, what have you now, because they've, they've, they've sold them a bill of goods. They've said, take all this genetically modified seed. But the thing about genetically modified seed is it doesn't reproduce itself. There's no life in it. But you take real seed, real wheat seed, they don't understand. Science can't reproduce the life. They can, reduce the chem- they can produce the chemicals, the composition that they break it down with, but there's something called the spark of life that no man can produce. That's heavy. But every seed has within itself the ability to bring itself to pass again. Right? Right? That's called life. God said he, everything produces after its own kind. God's word is seed. I'm trying to treat you like five years old right now. God's word is seed. Seed has to be put in a thing called earth. God says your heart is earth. Right? Right? Let me tell you something about earth. Earth don't care. You can put magnificent, beautiful. I don't know what your favorite vegetable is. Broccoli. Oh. The f- no, no, no. Listen, the four ma- the four major food groups are beef, chocolate, dessert, and uh, and beef patties. <laughs> Those are the four major food groups, right there. <laughs> I don't know about jollof rice. I don't never. You know that I, I have never had jollof rice in all these years. No, you never allowed me to have any. You said it. You said it's a Nigerian thing. I can't have any. Yeah, you didn't give me no Sinner. <laughs> let me don't. Let me. I'm sorry. I don't want to get. I don't want to get over. It's okay. Now, that was casual conversation right there. (laughs) Seed. If you put corn seed in earth and you put marijuana seed in earth, guess what they're going to do? They're both going to reproduce. Why? Because the earth does what God designed it to do. It brings forth of itself. Literally, the scripture says the earth bringeth forth from itself. There's something about earth that has within it that something that causes the spark of life in a seed to go begin to boogie and come on up. Hallelujah, right? Just like we got we somebody I got sent us a couple of little miniature fig trees about three or four weeks ago and in the box with some free little begonia bulb things, these funny looking kidney shaped bulbs, and so we planted them about Two or th- three weeks ago or something. So, you know, start with well, Anyhow, just about one week ago, all of a sudden, you know, bang, there they come. Bang. They're about that tall now. But they would have stayed seed forever. This word will stay in this book forever and never affect you until you get it in the soil of your heart. Now, listen, I didn't say get it in your head intellectually. This is not an intellectual pursuit. And that's what's so tough to any of us who have a quick brain. It's really hard, but it 's nevertheless the truth. Uh, go back to Romans, please, Romans 10 six. and King James, pretty please. Father help Dom. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, on this wise: Say not in your heart, and don't say this. He says, don't say this." Who shall ascend into heaven? Don't say, who's going to ascend into heaven to bring Christ down? What's the next verse? Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. So he tells you first what not to say. What does he tell you not to do? Don't ask Jesus to come down. Did you hear that? Don't ask Jesus to come up. Go to the next verse. But what does it say? He says the word, this message, this truth is nigh you. That means it's right here. It's near you. It's actually, he said, it's in your mouth. The word of faith, the word of right standing with God, that is something that we call that's in faith that God receives. The word is in your mouth. This is what I said earlier. You've got to catch it. But faith is in your mouth. And in your heart. The faith is in your mouth and in your heart. Say it. Faith is in your mouth and in your heart. And he said, That is the word of faith, which we preach. Next verse. For that that listen, boy, th- this is what you gotta hear these next pieces, That if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart. What are you supposed to believe in your heart to be saved? What's it, what's it say? If you believe in your heart that God... I want you to catch, this is very powerful. You miss it if you don't see it. You've got to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart what God has already done. Wait a second, you've got to listen to that. You've got to believe that God already has you have to believe what God has done. I said, you have to believe what God has done. And he said, so if you're trying to get him to come down, or trying to get him to come up, he said, that's not the righteousness, this is the faith. The righteousness that God sees right standing with God, real faith, he said, is really close to you guys. He said, it's in your own mouth and in your heart. He said, it's this, you simply believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord, then you believe that God raised him from the dead. And he said, that's what gets you saved. But he said, don't ask him to come down again because you know what? He won't. Because he came down already. Don't ask him to come up again because he won't because he already did. He made his grave with the wicked in his death. He rose up. But see, this is why this translates into so much how people pray, Oh God, come do this. No, No. That's wrong praying. See, you have a zeal, but it's not according to knowledge. You don't ask God to come do something He's already done. Oh, God, come do this. Oh, God, help me. And He's going, I already have. I already have. Just get the promises in your mouth. Get the promises in your mouth. Get the promises in your mouth. And they'll get it, renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind, renew your mind. It, you'll be transformed. You'll be transformed. You won't conform. Don't conform. Don't conform. Be transformed. Be transformed. Be transformed. Be transformed. Don't conform. Don't. But he can't make you. He won't make you because he loves you too much. He's made you a free moral agent. You have the right to make your own decisions. He won't force any of us to make the decision. But you can make the right decision. And that is to do what? To believe how right standing, how the kingdom works. That's what we're trying to really communicate. Well, as clear as I can. He said this is why you seek first of all other stuff. You find out how the kingdom works. And then anything and everything that the world seeks after, it will be yours. Hallelujah. You won't have to worry about cars, houses, or anything. It'll be yours. Now, I never did finish this, but this is where some of the tension is. Let me tell you. God wants you to know. what it's. He flat says in Hebrews that he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Amen? Let me tell you something. You've got to believe that following God brings rewards. However, now this is what you've got to listen to. Listen. But what, see, Satan... It says, beware the subtlety, the all-working. The word means the all-working of Satan. See, this is the thing. You, well, like I quoted Deuteronomy 28. Listen to that. Let me quote that again. If you hearken diligently unto all these commandments, which I command you this day, then all these blessings, now watch this part, all these blessings shall come upon and overtake you, says the Lord. Where are blessings supposed to come from? Behind us. They overtake you. But see what hell does. He gets us heading towards the blessings. We get focused on getting the blessing instead of obeying the Lord. We're living in reverse. You hear me? And so we don't realize it, but we start living in reverse. But we think it's all cool. I'm chasing the blessing. No, you don't chase the blessing. You recognize the blessing as being from God. But anyhow, so this whole thing, like I said about, about the rewards, God wants us. Categorically, it cannot be said any other way. He wants you to know he's in here to bless you. I have come to give you life abundantly, man. Not mediocrity. I want your life to so shine, so reflect the power of heaven. I want miracles coming out of you. I want you to have good homes. I want you to have good cars. I want you to have a good marriage. I want there to be goodness, 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 goodness blessing all around you. That's why he said in John again, he said, listen, you, we've all received of the fullness of Christ. Blessing upon blessing. It says blessing upon blessing, grace upon grace, gift upon gift. And then what are the other one, Heaped upon gift, heaped upon gift, like we quoted it the other day. I mean, he's talking about this circular motion where everywhere you look is another gift. It, the language talks like this. If What if you would have walked into this room and this room, picture, try not to use your imagination, picture that this room is absolutely chocked, I mean full, to the ceiling, to the walls with presents. Let's say there's presents, boxes, every kind of size you can imagine, all wrapped up with beautiful wrapping paper like Christmas. And I mean, it's up, to literally it's touching the ceiling everywhere, right, everywhere. And you walk in and there's this little space and you got to start digging your way through. That's what the scripture says has happened to you in Christ Jesus. It talks about the multitude and diversity of the gifts that he's given to you. Gift heaped upon gift, gift heaped upon gift. Gift heap, not a little something. Well, I said I go to church, and you know, hallelujah. We're all poor and everybody's fighting, and nobody likes each other, and all everything's gone to hell. But you know, hallelujah, we're saved. That's not God's will. Like he said, the nations of the world, God's will has never changed. The nations of the world are supposed to look at us. Remember, our testimony is supposed to be this. The nations are supposed to say, what a wise and mighty God is this that those people serve. Look at all that he has done for them. That's what the nation, that's why, but see, don't you understand then? It's pretty important to the devil to sell you a bill of goods that says exactly the opposite. Take an oath of poverty. Poverty means godliness. Don't you understand that's a slap? He paid a, the price he paid. Can you really imagine you buy your kid that many gifts, you walk him into a room, and I mean every single gift is special because it's from heaven. But you just come in and go, eh, uh, I'll take, well, okay, I'll take this one. I don't even know, okay, I'll I'll take this one. Then you don't open that. You don't even open it. Everyone in here is gifted. Most people haven't taken enough time to open it. But besides that, there's 35,765 other gifts waiting for you. But you're too humble. You're too humble. you got to go, listen, they're in the house. But you've got to go in the house. I said, you've got to go in the house. And you've got to recognize dad. Father's Day. You've got to recognize, not God, dad. And this is, again, why even that message is tough, because a lot of people have had a bad, you know, when you talk about dad, they may have not had a dad. And that's, that's why, again, that's hellish. That's why the, Dr. Coe used to say 95% of all the world's problems are still from fatherlessness. Nobody's fathered us. And this is why you need to be fathered by somebody. You know, you need to find somebody that just, that you, you, you're, not, Dr. Coe, it was, when he went to the Bible college I went to and with. it was funny, and it was all these women, and a lot of them had been abused, Christian Bible college, a lot of them been abused, And what he said, and I don't care what other people thought. I knew Dr. Cole. My wife knew Dr. Cole. He was a holy man. He was a man. He wasn't perfect, but he was a holy man. Awesome guy. And anyhow, he made this, and he gave this type of an altar call. He said, you that have been abused, whatever, and he asked to come forth. And he said he prayed for them. He said, now, he said, the Lord's instructed me to do something very different. He said, I want I want those of you who feel free to, I want you to come and hug me. A lot of people won't. <laughs> but he said, I want you to hug me because I want you to know what it's like to be hugged by a safe man. By a safe man. Hallelujah. You don't know, like this? Well, I love De- Deji's a safe man. He is. Michael Powell is a safe man. He's safe. I know. Them. I say I know them. I would call on Dez, but he's giving me trouble. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. but see, my father, my father's safe. I have no fear there. I love that verse. I think I shared it last Sunday. Therefore, fearing nothing from God. Actually, getting to the point where I don't fear anything from God. But back to Romans, because I. God Almighty, hallelujah. That's okay, I'm leaving tomorrow morning at 4 o'clock, so I've got to dump a whole lot of stuff out, whether you like it or not, you know. But what does faith that is of right standing, what's faith that has right standing with God sound like? Well, the first thing it sounds like is this. I'm not going to ask God to come down and do something he's already did. I'm not going to ask him to come up and do something. No, he, I, I need to know what he's already done. And I need to have that in my heart, and I need to have that in my mouth. And watch the next verse. It says, hey, Okay, shall be saved. Go to the next verse. What do you do with this, man? This is the verse. For with the heart, not the mind, with the heart, man believes under right standing. And with the mouth, now watch this. No matter how many times you read it, see you got this. You has to strike you, and with the mouth confession is made unto. Listen, the word salvation. Schofield, Schofield's Bible. The word sozo s o z o. The word salvation, he said, is quote the all inclusive word of Scripture. The word means deliverance. It means healing. It means safety, soundness of mind and deliverance i think i mentioned deliverance already right. but see all of that is in the word sozo is in the word salvation how do you get to healing how do you get to deliverance how do you get to safety how do you get to peace of mind how do you get there confession is made unto the way you get to what's in salvation It's through your heart and your mind. That's the Bible. You have a choice. I believe that or not. As a rod, like I said, by the grace of God, this is happening to me like never before. I'm telling you, I'm keeping God's word in my mouth. And you know what? It's in my heart because I'm in this book every day because I need to be. One thing I need to be is a shepherd. But the thing is, I'm trying to communicate. God's know every single one of you. Like I said, start where you're at. You know where you you have to begin? At the beginning. (laughs) Find some scriptures. It goes right back to day one of Christianity. Find something to start meditating on so that it gets in your heart. But the way it will get in your heart is in your mouth. And the way stuff will come out of your heart is by your mouth. Because it's your, it's your, the heart's where the life is. When You speak from your heart. That's why when you look at a doctor's report that says you're going to die, you have a choice to listen to your head. A dying voice or listen to a living voice that says, no, you shall live and proclaim the goodness of the Lord. <laughs> Whose report will you believe? Remember? That old verse, whose report will you believe? It's your choice. It's your choice. Yeah, I could go for another two hours. No, 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 I know. But I just, I, I just, I, I so desperately, I don't want you to hear a teaching. I, I don't want you to go away instructed. I want that spark. I want that spark to come alive in you. See, like right now with myself, like I said, I told you a couple of weeks ago, you know, that to my shame, that I accrued a lot of debt when I was younger, made stupid decisions, and I still have debt right now in the natural. But like I said, when this came alive to me, I actually decided to believe Mark 11. You know, and let me finish with that, and I'll try to hurry it. Good God, I have to get off my throne here for a moment. Hello, Ayanna. But again, do we believe Jesus is telling the truth? Remember, on the way to Bethany with the disciples, he sees a fig tree. Nothing was by accident. You know, he sees a fig. You all know the story, but let's walk through it again. He sees a fig tree. And he sees it has leaves on it. So he walks up to it that happily he might find something to eat. Because in the fig tree, when the, figs, when the leaves come out, the fruit comes out. Then he walks up to it, sees there's no fruit on it. And it says, so he looked at the, and he, it says he spoke to the tree, an inanimate. Now this is the lesson he's given his disciples, an inanimate object, a tree. So everybody say a tree. He spoke to a tree. He said, curse it, art thou. See, curses are words. Oh God, now I opened up another one. Curses are words. Cursed be thou, cursed art thou. No man shall eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. The verse says, and the disciples heard it. They go into the temple, go into Jerusalem. He kicks over tables, does all that, messes stuff up. And they come back, and as they walk by the next day, the disciples go. <laughs> Jesus, Lord, Master, look, the tree which you cursed has withered and died from the roots up. God's word goes to the root of where the life of a thing is. The life of a tree is in its roots. God's word goes to the, the axe goes to the root of the tree. You don't see something immediately, but let me tell you, like I said, I was a forestry major in college. If you destroy the root system, I don't care how good the tree still looks, the tree's dead. Just takes a little, what's, what's it take before you see it? A little time. Everybody say a little time. <laughs> look, master, the tree, and Jesus, remember, they're just walking around. And he goes, well, dude, look, see, see that mountain? He said, listen, <laughs> just like I spoke to you, whosoever will see some you got you're in whosoever aren't you you're a whosoever whosoever shall say not pray see we we're making a mistake by praying for things that we need to be talking to he said whosoever shall say unto this mountain oh God fix this mountain no no you whosoever shall say unto this mountain be Thou removed. Be thou cast into the sea. And then what? And shall not doubt in his. (coughs) Doubt. You've got to kill doubt. And shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe. That whatsoever he saith shall come to pass. Guess what? He. He. That guy. That guy that whosoever who believes in his heart and says and speaks to stuff, that guy will have whatsoever he says. And then he takes that spiritual law and he turns right around and uses it again. He says, therefore I say, (laughs) therefore I say unto you, what things, whatever you desire, Believe. As you're praying, believe you receive. Believe. And you shall have them. Now, is he a liar? You've got to make a decision, man. Listen, God's word is incorruptible. It's always. It works every time. So the key to life is your heart and your mouth. So I spoke to my mountain of debt and I said in the name of the Lord God I serve and by belief in this law that I've read it is written it is written this is what Jesus said I speak to you in the holy name of Jesus and I command you to be destroyed to be gone to be out of my life and man a peace just came all over me and you say well is it gone yet? In the natural, it's not. But like I said earlier, you know what's going to happen, though? All it ta- listen, this is what you've got to get comfortable with. All it takes is the understanding that it's going to be just a little time. A little time is going to go by, and it's going to be gone in the natural. But see, it's already gone in here now. It actually is. I mean, it actually is. You don't know how excited that makes me. To the point, I just all day in the last few days, I'm a dead free man. It's just struck. I'm a dead free man. And in the final illustration, God, because I, I can't shut up. I'm sorry. I know I'm messing up. I don't, I'm messing up. Tanya's about ready to jump out the window. You let's say you want a brand new car. You go down there you buy a brand new car, your check clears or you pay cash and you've ordered the car and you got a bill of sale, right? And you go home and you know what you start doing? You start telling your friends, man, I got a brand new car, man. I got a brand new car. I got a brand new car. And they look in your driveway and say, where is it? And what's he say? He says, no, oh, it's, it's on its way. <laughs> well, how do you know it's on its way? Well, I, I, I've, got a, I've got a bill of sale. It says right there, I've got a bill of sale. It's mine. It hasn't arrived yet, but it's on its way. Father, I give you thanks. I just praise you. Your word is undeniably true. I have set my seal of approval to this word that it is true. I've made my choice. God is true. I've made my choice that God cannot lie. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Makes me happy. I don't know about anybody else, but it makes me happy. God's word is true. It'll work for anybody who will work it. Father, forgive us for always wanting something to be instant. There's a process. Seed takes a little time before it comes up. But it comes up because it's seed. It's God's word. And it reproduces after its own kind. Hallelujah. And that's why we sow seed. We sow seed every time we speak. That's why in the natural we sow seed like money. And just like a farmer, I do, you don't sow seed and not expect something to grow. You'd be dumb if you did that. Yeah. Our Father's a pretty good gardener. So I thank you, Father, that when we sow, we sow with intention. And as for me, bless God, I sow with faith. I believe. and It's not because I'm after, oh, my God, I didn't finish this statement. Father, thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> but now i still got to finish my statement. I said God wants us to understand that he is a rewarder, right? He wants you to know, he really wants you to believe that if you follow him, you'll be rewarded. Now, we got that straight? But like I started to say, this is the thing, this is where there's tension. But we, he doesn't want us, but we, we don't follow him because of the rewards. He, listen, He wants us to follow him just because we want to be with him. Did you hear that? And when you actually get to the place where, you know, like Paul, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Listen, seasons come. There is ebbs and flows. It's not always roses with persecution. The Bible says with persecution, a hundredfold in this lifetime. But with, So there is persecution. But suddenly it dawns on you, well, this is just that low season. But I don't quit following him because I don't have the reward yet. I follow him because of who he is. He is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And he loves me. And I owe him my love. But now, you know, I want to love him. So there's that tension. You know what? If I follow him, I'm going to be rewarded. But you know what? It's not about the rewards. I just want to be with him. I just want to be with him. And when that attitude strikes you, you know stuff is right in front of you. Because he sees that. Julie, my daughter, just wants to be with me. She doesn't really care if she has this new thing or that new thing. But see, when God says that, he says, check her out. This is my daughter. I'm going to give her something new. And he just, listen. Okay. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Hallelujah. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday.